All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here this morning, especially our friends, Flint Hill Baptist Church. We appreciate it always. Look forward to the days that you are here. Good to see these young folks out serving this morning. Thank you so, so much. Well, um, guys, I, I want to uh, just kind of go back in time just a little bit and uh, just recap, especially for those that haven't been around. Uh, we have been in the book of Matthew not too far from coming out of the greatest message ever preached by the greatest preacher to ever preach, Jesus himself, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we came out of that and we've seen various healings. If you've been here, you've heard that. And now, last week, people, even one religious leader, a scribe, comes to Jesus and says these words. And it sounds really good. James, you with me over here? I like, James, Mickey looking sharp this morning, y'all. Look at that. Told him I couldn't pull that shirt off, but man, I'm digging it. It looks good. But they come to him and say these words, I will follow you wherever you go. Isn't that a pretty good response, right? Like when you think about it at face value, you say, man, here's Jesus, like talking about the kingdom and all these things that he's saying. And, and basically the Sermon on the Mount was getting to the heart of the matter, right? Like all of these things that maybe you could check off the box and say, well, I've never, I've never murdered anybody. But then Jesus takes a step first and says, well, but have you ever been angry at somebody? Then that's the same thing, right? Have you ever cheated on your wife or cheated on your husband? And say, no, I had never done that. So, well, but have you ever looked at somebody lustfully? Then you have right? It's about the heart. It's not just about what people see. It's not outward appearance. It's the inward appearance. And so I want you to know that he, Jesus is all about that. And so he's spreading this message of the kingdom. And now there is somebody coming up and says, I will follow you wherever you go. Just practically, you would look at that and say, Jesus ought to be like, man, absolutely. Come join me. But let's take it down to Jesus knows the heart of people, right? And when he hears this, he just simply reminds this person. He doesn't say, you can't follow me. By the way, I want you to know it. It sounds like a harsh response, but he doesn't say, no, you can't. But he just gives them this reminder. He says, keep in mind, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Foxes have holes, birds have nests. I got nothing. You sure you want to follow me? That's what he's saying. You, you sure you want to do that? And then there's somebody that comes up to him and says, well, let me first bury my father and then I'll come. And we even said, maybe the father's dead at this point. Maybe he hasn't died yet. Maybe he's in bad health. But this guy said, in other words, let me get all my personal affairs in order. And then, and Jesus, another harsh statement, let the dead bury their dead, right? If you want to follow me, come follow me. Again, both cases, he didn't say no. He's just saying, count the cost. We talked about that last week. We said this, I have set out here and I will say it until my dying breath. The grace of Jesus is free. It is a free gift. All you have to do is accept it, but make no mistake about it. Although it is free, it does cost. You, you follow me? If you were here last week, you got that. You understand because we get passages like we looked at in Luke that we looked at in tandem with Matthew last week. And it says, yes, it's free, but Jesus reminds that daily take up your cross. Every single day, right? And that's that call to die to ourselves. Let it be less of us and more of Him, right? That Jesus must increase, we must decrease. But it's this thing of, we, we even said it's like, 
I have a cross tattoo. I have a cross necklace. You, you probably have a shirt that has a cross on it. And that's all. It makes sense to us. But back then, if someone was to do that, they would walk up and say, you have this instrument of death on you. It would be like you and I walking up with the electric chair, right? A tattoo of the electric chair. You're going to look at that person and say, they got issues, right? No offense if you have one of those out here. But it's an instrument of death type thing. And that's what Jesus is saying. When he says this, people knew exactly what he was meaning. Take up your cross every day. To them, here's what cross meant. It didn't mean some pendant. It didn't mean a tattoo. It didn't mean a Christian article of clothing. It meant, you mean that instrument that people were hung naked? The the one where it says that cursed is the man who dies, but even more so the one on the tree? You, You want me to pick up my cross every day? Yes, He wants us to die to self every day and to follow Him. So Jesus in these instances is not telling the people, no, you cannot follow, but He's saying just count the cost before you do. And so we'll say the same thing entering today's passage. Grace is free, but it does cost. All right? Today's passage, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Keep in mind, we're coming out of all of these healings that Jesus has done um, from Coming off the, the the mountain, the Sermon on the Mount, the leper, the faith of the centurion, we saw that. Jesus healing uh, many that were demon-possessed, many diseases, all of these things. So go from that to this passage today. Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 23. It says, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him up saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? O you of little faith. Then he rose, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? Will you pray with me, Father? We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Thank you for each and every person that is here this morning. We believe that that's not by accident. You know who was going to be here and what, uh, Father, we need to hear from you, not from man, not from woman, uh, but Father, we just need to hear from you. And so we pray. You don't need our permission, but we boldly just say humbly, Have your way in this place. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before we get into this passage a whole lot, I want to share something that will not come as a shock. If you go back in time on the Sermon on the Mount, there's this famous passage that we just came out of probably a a month or so ago. And it talks about a wise man building his house on what? Anybody remember? The rock. We We had six people listening. Man, that's amazing. All right. Wise man builds his house on a rock, right? When the storms come, it says it withstands. Then there was the foolish man that builds his house where? On the sand. But one thing that we said, one thing that we pointed out is no matter where you build your house, you can be the wisest man and say, man, I am building my house not only on a rock, the rock, Jesus Christ, right? Or I'm going to just go my own way, Fleetwood Mackett here. I'm just going to do my own thing and I'm going to build my life on the sand. Regardless of where you choose to build, one thing was apparent in the story. The storms came either way. That's not a shock, right? That the storms of life, that they will come, right? Everybody here can say amen with that. But I want to say this, along those lines, no guesswork, no amazing superpower here of prophecy that I have. 
But I will tell you this, that no matter what, no reading of the future needed, storms will come in your life. Some of you right now say, amen, I got the t-shirt, I'm in the middle of one right now, and it's killing me. Right? You feel that. You feel as if you are in the boat. And I think the wording that it used in the ESV was that the waves were so much that it was swamping the boat. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? Like a literal situation? I'll share one of mine here in just a minute. I was actually in a spot like that, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a second. But maybe you are in the middle of a storm right now. If you have to leave before we finish, I want to give you just one spoiler alert. The best way, the best way possible to endure any kind of storm that life brings is preparing yourself to live a life walking with God. Not in front of Him, not behind Him, not as a safety valve when you get in trouble, but daily, that dying to self, but walking with. You realize the Father wants to walk with you in your life? Yes, you the one that maybe's drunk this morning, the one that maybe's a little high from last night, doesn't matter what you've done, what you're doing or will do, he's here for you. He wants to walk life with you, right? And so our story today, Jesus is coming out of all of these healings. Then the crowds are wanting to follow and he shares counting the cost, all these things. Here's where it starts today. It says, he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. It sets the stage of what's going on here. Now, by this time, Jesus has many followers, but we're going to assume, unless it's this really big party boat cruise, right? It's, it's a small boat. This is talking about the 12, the, the disciples that are closely following Jesus. And it says they get into the boat, and here's where we see the story unfold. Just like our lives, the storms appear, but here a literal storm. It says, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. How bad a storm? I said it just a minute ago. The boat was being swamped by the waves. Now, if you've been a part of this story, we've been doing this this way for seven years now. If you've been here, you've heard this. You've heard me use the word transparent. You've heard me be transparent to you and tell you. I have doubts at time about my faith. I have struggles just like you, right? Like I am no different. No pedestal needed here. If you've hung out with me, you know that 100%, a million percent. But can I be really transparent with you here and just, I want to be completely honest. Do you sometimes in your life, when the storm is raging, I mean, everything is pelting you side to side. You're saying there's got to be some relief, right? There's got to be some kind of respite from this storm. Like I am just hit from every single side. Can we be honest and say, sometimes it feels like Jesus is asleep in my storm too. Because I feel that way. And here's why we do, is because we have the human perspective of the here and now. We don't have the whole picture. Make no mistake, it may feel as if he is asleep, but I promise you he is at work in your storm. I hope that offers comfort. I know we want it now. That we want to know right now, like Jesus, I need right now. It may not be his timing of rescue. In fact, it may be uh, uh, an encouragement to hang on a little bit longer and press in. Walk with me. I got you, but walk with me. The beauty of that is walking with him and the process of all of that unfolding 
is not that instant relief sometimes because with that, wouldn't anybody sign up for that? Oh man, anytime I call on him, everything's just going to be a million percent. He didn't promise that. In fact, we'll go back. We've said it a lot during this, but he's told us that in this world, you will have trouble. No doubt about it. You will have trouble, but, and I'm glad for that, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. You don't have to handle it alone. You're going to have trouble, but I'm going to be with you. Amen? That's good stuff. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for that. So the storm is raging. Jesus is asleep. And I tell you this, sometimes it does feel that way. I use this example uh, a lot of times, but I just want to say this. There's this thing called a map. I know you don't really know about that, especially young folks. You think it's always been on your phone. We used to have to actually have a paper map, right? Anybody ever used a paper map? Any Magellans out here? Jamie and I one time, and this was in uh, 1996. I won't tell you how old I was, but that was a long time ago. Cell phones weren't really a thing, kids. It hadn't always been a thing, right? I had a phone that was in a bag that was plugged up to my truck, threatened my life, my parents, if I used it, because I think it was like $72 a minute if you use that thing. It was an emergency only phone. Anybody had one of those, right? Jamie and I went to California. I had never even driven in Atlanta. The biggest place I'd ever driven was 459 in Alabama. And I had a family member loan me a car. Think about this. Loan me a car, tell me to get on whatever interstate it was. By the way, six lanes crazy drivers and meet them somewhere like 20 minutes and we made it looking back I don't even know how I couldn't do it today I'd have to have my phone right there's no way possible but I want to tell you this if you were able to take a map right now we were able to lay it out on the table and we were to say we're going to leave right now we're going to drive to California tonight let me tell you what the map will tell you the map will tell you California is out there and boy is it out there right That's a pun intended. But it's way, way off in the distance. But if we leave tonight, if we load it up in my truck and we leave tonight and it's dark and we cut the lights on, are we going to see California? No way possible. How far are we going to see? A few feet in front of you. So is life. You see, we want the whole picture. We want in those storms to say, Jesus, I don't understand what you're doing here. In fact, I feel all alone. I feel like you're asleep. I feel like the end is not in sight. I believe God's way of wanting us to walk with him is, listen, it's out there. I got you. But right now, all I need you to see is this. Just trust me, right? Just walk with me. Just trust me a little bit further. Just a little bit further. Maybe, maybe there's those moments that he lets us flick the high beams on and we see a little bit even further out. But it's out there. We just have to walk with him. We see the here and now. He sees the whole picture. So let me assure you, when it feels as if Jesus is asleep, He's already at work on your behalf. In fact, the Scripture teaches us that He knows what you need before you even ask. He's already at work. Isn't that comforting to know that He is already working on your behalf? So Jesus is sleeping, the storm is raging, and the disciples absolutely make the right call. They go to Jesus. I want to stop here and again say, if you have to leave, if there is a storm raging in your life, spoiler alert, I'm going to suggest that you go to Jesus too. 
That's the best place I know to tell you. He is the one that can calm the storm in your life. So they go to Jesus and this is what they see. Here's what it says. It says, And they went and woke Him saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. Can I do a side note here just one second? How many of you love to hear from people only when they need something? Isn't that the worst? Let me tell you, I ain't going to tell you the names. Some of you might know them. But I got some folks in my car, Jason raising his hand, that ain't you. I got some people that when that text comes up on my phone, I'm going to be completely real with you. I, I kind of hit them with that. What do they need? Because that's the only time they reach out, right? What kind of relationship is that? Like, only call out when you need something. Anybody feel like maybe that's their approach with God? When there is no storm, when you look out and the sea of life is smooth as glass, like, man, I got this. I'm in the easy seat. But when that first little ripple of a wave comes and the storm comes, oh God, I need you. Let me tell you, everybody look this way. You need Him for the next breath. You can be as best shape as you want to be, and that's a good thing to try to be. But let me tell you, you are not the author and finisher of your life. He is giving you a, a gift right now. That heart that is beating, feel it. That pulse, you didn't earn it. It's a gift. And with pulse comes purpose. He created you for a purpose that only you can fulfill. I can't fulfill your purpose. You can't fulfill mine. That's the beauty of this thing that we call life. And so think about those things, right? And so uh, we don't like to just hear from somebody when they're in trouble, right? Maybe try this this week. How about call on them when things are great? How about call on them when things are just okay? When things are the mundane and just the, the normal things that we go through and monumentally good times, anytime, how about call on Him? Wouldn't that be a better way to live than to just call on Him when we're in trouble? And so uh, we think about this, and uh, oftentimes that's how we treat Jesus, like the genie in the bottle. Man, I really need you to come through for me now. And then oftentimes, if we're really real, when He does come through, we kind of head off on our own anyway, right? Well, I got what I needed. It's like the vending machine. I needed uh, them Funyuns and they was on D3. I put the right money in. I got the Funyuns out and that's all I needed, right? I'm good now. I don't, I don't need to walk with Jesus now. He helped me. Well, let's look at Jesus' response. The disciples come to him. They wake him up in the middle of the storm. And can you imagine? I want you to, we read the story, but I want you just to put yourself there. You're on the boat. You're on the sea. You're one of the disciples. Jesus is taking a nap, right? He's exhausted. He's healed all these people. He's talking about the kingdom. He's doing all of these Jesus things. It's amazement. And now we get to this part. They get in a boat. They push off into the sea. Everything's fine. The water is perfect. It's a beautiful day, a beautiful evening. And then the storms come. The winds are howling. The waves are, are swamping. I don't even know what that means except that it's fully encompassing the boat, right? And the disciples... I feel like make the right move. I mean, think about it. They're in that moment and we don't get every word they said, but have you ever been in a dire situation? They go up and I'm sure they're shaking. Jesus, Jesus, like wake up. The storm's going. 
Like everything is chaos around us. We need you. We need your help. Jesus, wake up. And here's what he says. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? That seems like a logical question, right? Jesus just waking up a little bit. I don't know how the Son of God wakes up easier than us. Maybe He does, right? The inventor of time and all these things. Maybe He's got that down a little better. It takes me a second to gain my thoughts when I wake up. But as He wakes up, He says, why are you afraid? A logical question. What's going on? But listen to what He hits them with after that. Oh, you of little faith. Seems harsh again, right? Every time we hear from Jesus, a lot of times it feels like, man, that's, that's pretty rough. That's a pretty tough way to respond. But again, Jesus knows the heart here. He knows that they're not trusting Him. They're looking at the outer circumstances and saying, where are you at? He's right there in front of them. He's asleep. All the things that they had seen. This is a, a man that goes up to a leper. This unclean skin disease touches in front of all these people and it's immediately cleared up. This is somebody that goes to a centurion that says, man, I have a servant that I love and he's dying at home. And Jesus said, may it be done just as you have believed. I've never seen faith like this. And reports come back that the man was healed. They've seen all these things, but yet Jesus is laying in a boat asleep where they can't talk with Him. The storms are happening and they're having no faith. He knows the heart. He knew that their fear was coming from a place of disbelief and trust that the Savior was good or that He had forgotten them. Can I tell you today, no matter what storm, the Savior is good and He's not forgotten you. He's with you. In fact, he knew the storm was coming even before you did. The kindness of Jesus is apparent here. Here's what it says. Even in their lack of faith, listen to what it says he does. Again, picture the storm, picture the boat, picture the disciples. It says he rose, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Here's the disciples' response. And the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and see, obey Him. All they had seen at this point, His teaching with authority. His teaching with authority that when men would see it, says, I've never heard anything like this. He teaches as one with authority. All they had heard was the scribes and Pharisees, and this is the Creator of the world. He's standing before them, and they taught in such a way, and they've had to be blown away by everything, and now they're saying, are you kidding me that the wind and the seas even listen to this guy? What? What have we stumbled into? What kind of story have we stumbled into with all of this? I told you I'd say this earlier. I was in an incident in the Gulf of Mexico one time. This is not a joke. This is a true story. Thought I was going to lose my life. I was, uh, I was probably about 20, 21 years old. We go out on this fishing trip. It's a smaller boat than probably we should have went on. We're going out far. That was the plan. Like we're going out as far as we can. We get out there. Can't see land. All we see is ocean. You get it? That's a pretty scary situation. Joe Rogan calls it the monster soup. There's a lot of stuff out there that will eat you. That's why you'll never heard of Keith being ever eaten by a shark unless it's a boat wreck and I'm out there. I ain't going where the sharks live, right? I just don't. That ain't the way I want to go. I'd prefer sleeping at home, but I don't want the sharks. 
But this time I thought that was what was going to happen. The sharks were going to be feasting on my carcass floating in the ocean. Because what happened was when we got out there, a major, major storm comes up. So I can relate to this story. I'm listening to this story. I'm thinking, man, I'm having PTSD here. Because it was a storm where, I don't know that you would call it swamping, but water was coming in the boat. And I mean, just darkness out of nowhere. Lightning, thunder, not good combination when you're on the water. Let me tell you, the only course of action, we had a captain that got us through it, right? He was a friend of mine, but he captained that day. And I want to tell you what he said. We had gone out through it and he said, the only way we're going to make it is we got to go back through the storm. Not what I wanted to hear, right? But we did it. One of my buddies, like we hit a, hit a wave so bad, he falls back, almost broke his back. Like hit the, I'm telling you, bad. I said it and sometimes I can joke in situations. If, you, if you've been around me, you know that. Probably sometimes I shouldn't joke. But I remember telling one, I was like, you think we had a call our wives and tell them like, bye? It was not a joke. Like I was being serious. It was a dire situation. Can I just tell you, like, I experienced that. I experienced what it was like to be in a literal storm where I thought, hey, this might be the end. This has been a good run, but like it's over. What if? What if there would have been Jesus in that boat? Can you imagine just like with all that chaos and you're just fearful and you're like, what, what are we going to do? There's no way out, right? Like it is around us. It is, we are in it. It is going to kill us. And then someone stands up and says, stop. And it just smooths out. Can you imagine what a testimony? I mean, that's what happened in this moment. They are in the middle of this storm and Jesus gets up and it says he rebukes the wind. I want to know what he said, don't you? It doesn't really matter, but I'd like to know. But here's what I know, that when Jesus speaks over the storm, it was still. Can he do that in your life? Let me ask a better question. Has he done that in your life? I think he has for some. The beauty is I know he wants to do it for all. Now, I will say this because when we talk about storms, again, I want to remind you, he's never promised it was going to be easy. He never promised we wouldn't have storms here. In fact, he promised the opposite. So every earthly storm, hear me on this, every earthly storm may not be corrected in this age. But he's keeping score. Right. If you're with him, he's got you and everything is going to be set right. And the word tells us that he is at this point in our history, in his life right now. It says that he's seated on a throne and he's making all things new. He's setting things back right right now as we speak. So he speaks to the, the sea and it stops immediately. I've loved, uh, as we've gone through this, I've just got a few thoughts here. But I've loved going through and I've loved reading the message, uh, paraphrase of our passage, and I want to do that today. I just love the way Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrased this passage. I want to read that and then a couple of thoughts. It says, Then he got in the boat, his disciples with him. The next thing they knew, they were in a severe storm. Waves were crashing into the boat, and he was sound asleep. They roused him, pleading, Master, save us. We are going down. Anybody feel like life's got you? Man, I am just going down. Hey, there's no end in sight. Jesus reprimanded them. Why are you such cowards? 
such faint hearts. Then he stood up and told the wind to be silent, the sea to quiet down. Silence. The sea became smooth as glass. The men rubbed their eyes, astonished. I'm sure they did. What's going on here? Wind and sea stand up and take notice at his command. Closing thoughts. I've got five things I want to share. Storms will come. They will. Don't even leave this place thinking, man, I hope I skate through life with no storms. Not going to happen. And, and, and I want to just preface by saying this. All of the you got us, or if, if I could just, you know, all these boxes you have in your mind, if I could just get a job, if I could just get off the street, if I could just have a wife, if I could just, they still come. Even if all those things that you think is going to make life better, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but all of those things, the storms will still come. They're going to come for anybody. That's just how it happens. But I got good news. Number two, the storms will pass. They will. Remember, if you're in the middle of them, that is a great thing to say, this, this too will pass. Number three, the one who can calm the storm is already at work in your personal storm. You may not feel it. You may not see it. You may not agree with that. But I think Scripture teaches He's already at work. Number four, if you don't know Him and you're facing life storm alone, first I want to say, how? How are you doing that? Like I, I don't know how you're managing this life without Him. I don't. It's tough. This life's tough with Him. I can't imagine how you're doing it without Him. But number four, the good news is if you don't know Him, you don't have to go alone. You can you can know Him. You can know Him today. It's so simple. And I'll be honest, it doesn't even have to be this thing where you've maybe seen in a movie or maybe your old older experiences. You don't have to walk down an aisle. You don't have to pray with a pastor. How about this? Listen to your heart right now. And if the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what He's saying is true. You know I died for you. You know you're a sinner. Accept that payment for your sin and let me be Lord of your life. Can I just tell you, I think you're already in. If you say yes to that, you're in. That's it. It's, it's that simple. I, would somebody want to pray with you? Absolutely. We'll be glad to. Be glad to celebrate that with you. But you don't have to handle that with anybody. You don't have to have a priest over you. You don't have to have me over you. Holy Spirit speaking to you. You got the relationship. Say yes. You're in. We make it so complicated sometimes. Lastly, and this is the best news of all. Bethel music, and they, they've got some good worship songs. There's one that's It Is Well, and this line just absolutely owns me when I think about the storms of life. The waves and winds still know His name. They say, well, man, that's an old story, right? Like that was Jesus physically living on this earth and He calmed the storm, but I just want to tell you the waves and winds still know His name. He can still calm the storms today, right? This isn't old news. The storms still have to listen. The storms still have to seek. That's what I've got today. I want to uh, share a prayer of blessing over you and uh, just thank you so much for your attention this morning. Uh, will you just bow your heads with me? Um, I want you to take that into consideration. If you're going through life alone, man, why? You got the Creator, the one who spoke you into existence, who made you just like you are. Just made a way out. You don't have to go alone. You say, man, I, no, nobody's ever been with me. I, I've been alone my whole life. It's not true. He's there regardless if you call on Him or not. But boy, if you're walking in relationship, that, that's where it's at. Walking with 
not in front of, not behind, not beside, but with, just right there. If you don't know him, take me at my word, you can. Do business with him right now, and man, life will change for the better. Doesn't mean everything in this life will be righted. Life's still unfair. This is a cruel world. It's a broken world. But if you want to know Jesus' heart for you, go back to the garden. Look at your first pages of your Bible. That's what He wants, man. He wants to walk with you. Cool afternoon walks in the garden. That's what I picture God wanting with us. So if you don't know Him, maybe meet Him today. If you do, how about this? Let's just don't call on Him when things are tough. Just don't call on Him just in the storms. Just walk with Him. Good times, bad times, the indifferent times, the mundane Call on Him. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be your friend. Be your guide. Be your companion. You're not alone. Even if you feel like it, you're not alone. And let's just be real before we pray. If you too, like me, are sitting here saying, yeah, it feels like I'm in a storm and it feels like Jesus is doing nothing but sleeping. Let's just call on Him. Jesus is what we feel. Let's be honest. I feel like you're asleep. I need you. Let's not be the ones with no faith. Let's, let's call on them and believe like, I know that if you just say a word that this will pass. So let's trust Him in that. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this day that You've given us. I, I pray Your blessings over everyone here. I pray those that don't know You would meet You for the first time today. And I pray those of us that do, we wouldn't just call on You when we're in desperate need, but that we would walk through life with You just every moment, the good, the bad, the indifferent. All these things. Jesus, we are thankful that the winds and the waves still know your name, uh, that you still have that power to speak over the storms of life. And make no mistake, the storms will come. Uh, Jesus, when they do, and even when we're not in the middle of it, we could all say, we need you. I pray your blessing over every heart that is here today. Father, draw us into relationship if we're not. And if we are again, Jesus, just help us to walk close with you. We love you. We thank you. We pray I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.